Hi, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. Hello, Lena. Hello, Alex. It's nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Well, we're back. It's episode <laughs> number seven of season two. Let the reins go loose. Let's get to it, honey. Before we get to this week's episode, though, um, just want to share the results. Uh, as you may remember, we on Spotify, every week we're asking a question. It could be a poll. It could be a fill in the blank, whatever it may be. Um, just asking a question just to get some listener feedback on some of the things that we discussed in the episode itself. And for this one, we had asked, what was your favorite storyline in the episode with all of these diverging paths? This was for last week's episode. And we had a number of options that you could pick from. We had the Anna Lucas Love Fest basketball game. We had the Brooke Felix having hot, passionate jungle sex in the closet one. We had Dan and Deb ending with Dan purposefully misleading Andromeda. <laughs> what, what an answer. Alex wrote these. Um, Nathan and Haley with the high flyers and prospects of Na- Haley singing. Andy and Karen sitting by the river holding hands. I'm going to add inappropriately. Um, Peyton and the record store guy, aka Chris K., holding open auditions, and Mouth trying to buy a an 8x10 picture of Brooke at the garage sale. So we had a few votes, not a ton, but a few votes, and we were at a 50-50 split. Half of the votes said Nathan and Haley with the high flyers and prospects of Haley singing was their favorite storyline, and half said Peyton and Chris Keller, which honestly land with what our favorite ones were too. I think so. So if you want to participate at all in the future, go to Spotify. <laughs> I'm trying to ask questions on Instagram, too. Yes. I think I, I asked last week. I don't remember. I don't remember what you asked. Like, I think I asked. Uh, I don't really use Instagram very often, so I check go on there to check the interactions. But Alex just has a whole ball with all of you. Yeah. Well, what can I say? I think it's fun. It is fun. So how about we get to this little synopsis? Let's honey? get to it. Alex, give us your synopsis from this week's episode. Well, let me think about this. I think it's trick opening night, right? Yes. Okay, and then everybody comes to see Haley perform. She gets stage fright. Mm-hmm. Peyton gets the record store guy, Chris Keller, as we now know him, to perform. He doesn't perform because there are a bunch of Neanderthals, and then Haley ends up performing. <laughs> yep, that happens. That's it, I think. <laughs> you don't remember anything else from the episode? Well, I mean, there's Felix is there. He bought a dollhouse. I mean, um, Chris Keller, Dan, terrible. What does Dan do? He's just around. He finds he He's tells, just around. He tells Karen <laughs> about Keith and him, or Keith and Deb, which is awesome. <gasps> that does happen. Oh, you're right. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. So much not. scandal. We'll so this it. is the official synopsis that came up with the One Tree Hill fandom. After Chris quits his gig the night of the club opening, Haley must face her fear of performing to save the night for Peyton. Although Marvin tends to Brooke while she is drunk, Felix sneaks in and attempts to take the credit. So do we even know if Marvin is his name yet? Like, have we even found that out yet? I'm pretty sure that it's been said. Has it? Okay, Marvin is Mouth, as a reminder. Um, Marvin McFadden. Marvin McFadden. Marvin Mouth McFadden. He has yeah. a nickname because he's always mouthy. Because he's always giving <laughs> and stuff. Nice. Good for you, Marvin. That's the most action any Marvin has ever gotten, let's be honest. You just, you're setting your kid up for a life of celibacy when you name them Marvin. No offense to any Marvins that are listening. Yeah, apologies to all Marvins out there. Sorry, Marvins, but I mean, really, the world owes you an apology anyway. So, all right, let's move on. So, how does the episode open, Alex? Well, we've got Lucas sitting around. There's some quote in the background. Oh, I wrote the quote down. Many people oh, you did too. die with their music still in them. Mm-hmm. That was all I wrote. He's a trick. With the music still in them. Too often, it is because they're always getting ready to live before they know time has run out 
Um, I just wanted to add, I used to own a t-shirt that said, don't die with the music still in you. And I got it for free when I subscribed to American Songwriter Magazine. I was really excited. You're so cute. Well, <laughs> I still have that shirt somewhere. Do you? Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it does start with that. What is he even doing? I don't remember. He's just sitting in an empty trick right now, the little club. He's looking around at all the emptiness. <laughs> Yep. Well, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it's not, it's, it's opening day. Opening day has arrived and it's before everything starts, but he's just sitting around pondering. Yeah, that is weird that he's just chilling there. Unless this is like some kind of flashback. But they or, never you know, flashback again. That's the thing. Like yeah. they don't, I don't think it is. Or flash forward. Maybe. I think I after know. that, I don't remember if anything else happens there, but after that we see Brooke, right? Yeah, it's immediately that. Immediately we see Brooke. I think she's coming out of the bathroom in her bedroom. And Felix is laying there all shirtless and greasy. He's sitting inside of her comforter. I don't know if he is greasy, but when a man is just laying there shirtless and like expecting things, just greasy is the only word that comes to mind for me. How am I greasy? You're not greasy, but you're also not shirtless and expecting anything right now. I'm clothed and expecting. What are you expecting? You're loving. Oh, babe. No, but really, <laughs> there's just something about men laying partially nude in sheets. My sister who's listening will know what I'm talking about. You just, it's almost like you're waiting for them to say, come to bed. She'll know what I'm talking about. That's a, that's an inside joke between me and her. Never mind. <laughs> I love inside jokes. <laughs> Listen, I, just, she'll, I know she'll know what I'm talking I about. I can be part of one someday. Uh, Michael Scott, right? Yes. Okay. All right. We're getting off track. <laughs> anyway, he's laying there greasy and expecting. And she comes out and she's like, <laughs> you're still here. I thought we had an understanding. Once the hooking up is over, you go home. Damn, you can make a guy feel used. Oh, I'm sorry. We could just cancel our little arrangement and save your pride. Nah, being used is fine. Yeah, that's what I thought. So why don't you get your used butt up out of my bed, pool boy? I have a big day ahead of me and you're in my way. Hey, and she's like such a bitch. Jesus. And that pretty much just starts things off. Brooke's in a bad mood. Okay. She's always in a bad mood these days. Yeah. And then we go to Peyton. Okay, mm-hmm. now she's walking into the record store just like she did in the last episode to find Chris Keller, we now know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they say his name until later on, but, but still. But we all know who we're talking about and here. And he immediately picks up where we last left him, giving sass. You know, Forever 21 is down the street. <laughs> and then uh, he says, you ever heard of Jeff Buckley? He, that man's the whole reason I became an artist. And uh, she's like, yeah, well, why stop there? He also drowned in the river, which is cruel, but also pretty funny. I actually bought a Jeff Buckley CD entirely because of this scene. Did you? That is how much I had a crush on Chris Cutler. I remember you telling me that Jeff Buckley, like you listened to like the one song off their Hallelujah, yep. I think. I didn't really like the rest of it. <laughs> I bought a whole, but that was back in the day when you bought an entire CD hoping you would like it. And then it was just kind of a gamble. It's like $15, $20 and then maybe you're, maybe you wouldn't like it. I mean, that's just the way things were back in the day, you know? It's yeah. either that or spend, you know, three days downloading one song on LimeWare. You know, that was the way things were in the 2000s. We're also lucky now. Uh, yeah, I know. Tell me yeah. about that. So, oh, what happens here, the most important thing that happens in this scene is there. she's inviting him to play because she's like, listen, everybody else fucking sucked. You weren't bad, I guess. So do you want to play? And he's like, yeah, I'll play. Here's my writer. Alex, what's a writer? A writer is a list of demands. Okay, now he gives this list of demands to her. Mm-hmm. What are the demands that she lists off right now? Chamomile tea, one box of condoms, super magnum or something, vegetarian pizza, one overripe cantaloupe, and two number two pencils. Do we find that all out in the record store? You know, maybe not. <laughs> Either way, it's very good because I had chamomile tea, vegetarian pizza, and magnum condoms. That might be all, all that we find out Which there. is very funny because when she 
she says magnum condoms the normal ones cut off circulation <laughs> ridiculous so funny so ridiculous very unrelatable but so funny alex what are you saying well you don't have a penis i don't you're right it's not relatable to me at all so i'm just i'm out there for the rest of the people oh, okay thank you <laughs> but ridiculous set of demands obviously I, I personally i don't know if this is when he says the overripe cantaloupe but i just think it's very funny that that's even on a list of artist demands i think it's great it makes me laugh. that's the kind of shit i would ask for just random all the craziest stuff I could come up with. Fungal cream would probably be on there. Oh, God. Why? Why not? Just to stock up. Magnum so- condoms and, and, can- and cantaloupe? Come on. I mean, of course I want fungal, fungal cream. cream. Of course you want fungal cream? Yeah. But all the options are the things you could ask for. Fungal cream is on the top of your list. I don't know what, what else is out there. You don't know what else? All right. I'll take your word for it, honey. He does not have a fungus, everyone, just so you know. No, I do not. That's not true. that I'm aware of, at least. Ooh, Alex. Not yet. <laughs> say that flirtatiously jesus um so next we go to the school right yeah we go to the school and we see somebody that's got there's a sign and somebody holding a jar begging for money looks like they're doing a fundraiser what's going on (laughs) it's like the very fake setup that we have here alex what's a rider what's going on who's doing the fundraising it's brooke we're having fun, honey. I, I know, we're having fun. Um, Brooke is raising money, quote unquote, for the needy. Um, and she's just kind of standing on a corner yelling at people, saying, don't you care about needy people, essentially. And everyone's giving her money, probably because she's popular. And then Haley and Peyton walk up to her and are like, Brooke, I had no idea you were so charitable. What's the cause? Just needy people. God bless you. Brooke, I recognize the photo. It's from an ad for cramp medicine. Wow. Homeless and PMSing? Poor girl. Brooke. Brooke! All right. Money's for me. I'm the needy one, and I need some things for your club opening. Do you realize how wrong that is? Sort of. But, I mean, what am I supposed to do for money? Try getting a job. (laughs) Right. Doing what? Anything. A number of things. What are your skills? I don't know. I'm good with guys. Dates, dating. Yeah, and? Sex, but that would make you a hooker. Mm. Here's the thing. Two things. Sad that that's all she thinks she's good at. Don't you think that's sad? That is sad. This is like a 17-year-old girl, and the only thing she thinks she's good at, good for is like dating and guys and sex. She doesn't have the positive role models in her life telling her that she's you know worth more than that. Well, it's fucked up, and it's sad. Yeah. But also... I feel like every time I hear people like on like the Reddit page or whatever for One Tree Hill who are talking about like, I don't know why people like Brooke so much. She's a horrible person. She's begging. She's like stealing money for herself. I, <laughs> I agree this is terrible, but I think it's funny. <laughs> what do you think? I too think it's funny. Do you think it's like terrible as a reason to like hate Brooke or think she's a bad person? No, I mean, I don't think she's a, a bad. I mean, you got to look at it this way. She's a kid and she doesn't have anybody in her life that like shows her and proves to her that you know she's loved and wanted well she doesn't have any more she wasn't raised with any moral fabric i feel yeah you know i think otherwise she's she's done the right thing numerous times too that we're not talking about you know what i mean it's true so like we'll see what happens but i think that she's just not being given a fair shake well alex that's very kind of you i mean she is everybody's favorite character for the most part though so i, mean, I know she's yours for sure well i know she's mine but i mean if you, you just look at the fandom as a whole she tends to be on the top of the list yeah you know so Haley says, you know what? Hey, how about we go shopping today? Shopping with a budget. Then Brooke stuffs her bra with some cash from the jar and the scene ends. Okay, because now Mouth is coming up. He sees Felix. Walking. Oh, yeah, they're at the school still, right? You know, yeah, they're at yeah. the school. Felix is walking up. Mouth rushes up to meet him. Hey, Felix, 
are you are you gonna take Brooke to the club opening? <laughs> I don't think so, Mouth. I don't think so, Mouth. <laughs> We're not exclusive, you know. We're just fucking. He doesn't he's, say that. He says he's taking Teresa, and Teresa is one of the cheerleaders. Yeah, so he's taking Teresa. Well, I mm-hmm. thought you guys were together. You know, Mouth gets excited about this because, mm-hmm. like, hey, if they're not going to go to the club together, maybe this is Mouth's turn. Yeah, he thinks this is his in for sure to go hit on Brooke and go places with her, specifically the club, but also second base. S- second base, exactly. And then slide into home with a slobbery bunt. <laughs> or whatever, anyway. A slobbery bunt. Either way, Mouse pretty excited about this, okay? And staying at the school, we're now at Lucas's locker. Anna walks up. Oh, Anna and all her drama. Wait, Lucas, we need to talk. Can we talk? I don't want to rush into things. It's so hard to be in a new school without being in a new relationship. Okay, this is pretty valid, actually. It wasn't, wasn't hard for you, like, the other day when you were... Well, that's true, actually. No, the thing is, I actually think this makes a lot of sense. Well, I mean, I, I understand why she's saying this. It is kind of funny because there's there are some mixed signals here. But I do think that I understand where she's coming from. What I think is really funny, though, is she says, let's, all I'm saying is like, because he's confused, obviously. And she's like, she's like, listen, all I'm saying is just don't, let's not rush anything. Um, let's just start out and see what happens. And he's like, okay, so friends? And she's like, well, with potential. And this is like an ongoing little thing. And what I think is really funny is that Felix is basically the same kind of person. He just wants to be friends with benefits. He doesn't want a relationship or supposedly he doesn't want one. She only wants friends with potential. So, like, if she were a guy, would this be a friends with benefits situation? And she's just like not allowed to pursue that because she's a girl. I don't know. And I mean, allowed is in like in her mind and like the I know culture, you, mean. you know? yeah. Because I just think it's interesting. These are siblings, and both of them have like weirdness about relationships in that way. And they both are like proposing to other people. Let's do this like friends slash something else situation. Yeah, see, she takes pictures of her nipples, okay, mm-hmm. in a photo booth with Lucas. Mm-hmm. Felix just takes his nipples out and swims around Brooks' pool, <laughs> and has them shining and all greased up in the in the bed after they have sex. Yep, like two old pepperonis. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't think he had like big nipples or anything. I didn't actually notice if he had his. Nipples I don't or not. remember his nipples. I don't remember anything about his nipples. I remember Chad Michael Murray's he nipples. Very forgettable something. nipples. He did. Didn't Chad Michael Murray have extremely tiny nipples? Did he we did. establish that? We have, and we will again. He has such small nipples. What are Nathan's nipples like? Move the stars, please respond. <laughs> Somebody, I need to know what his nipples Someone are. Someone like. send Alex pictures of Nathan's nipples. Close up pictures of the nipple. Please, they better be Nathan's too. Put some ice on me. <laughs> yes, only Nathan's. Um, anyway, anyway. anyway. So they want to hang out and, you know, like, hey, did, did Felix say something about this? Look, we're just friends, okay? We're just friends. And then she rushes off. Haley and Nathan start walking up. Haley is nervous. She's nervous. She doesn't want to perform today, honey. Oh, she does not want to She's perform. She's got some major stage fright, okay? Well, and I get it because here's the thing. Haley has only sang in an empty cafe to, to Nathan or in her apartment with Nathan or alone. She's literally never had a single other person hear her play live. So, of course, she's fucking scared. It's like an event that all these high school kids are coming to, too. That's like the ultimate nightmare is all of your peers coming to see you do something for the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that sounds terrible. So, I don't blame her for being nervous. No, I get it. Okay. Now, this is where we see Anna. She actually goes outside because this is the kind of high school that you see in TV that doesn't exist. It does not exist in real life. Everybody has lunch outside. Now, granted, I get it. My junior high had benches and tables outside. There was one time we had lunch out, but not every day and not like this. We weren't, 
allowed to go anywhere. Like we had in my school, there was a little courtyard area that was really cool. It had like some benches and stuff and it was, but it had steps and everything. So it wasn't like a, an actual like hangout area, but there were some tables and stuff. But we were like literally not allowed to go there with our lunch. We could only go there if it was like after school activities or whatever. So I hung out there after what's the matter. My point is though, I've never been to a school or seen a school or known a person that has been to a school where they have all these like open air, beautiful places to hang out and everything's fucking chill. I mean, good for them though. Anyway, Anna is outside on a bench getting ready to eat her lunch. Peyton is going around passing out flyers, hanging up flyers. And she comes over to Anna who she's never formally met and says, oh, hey girl, you know, come to this show. Come on now. Let me read this flyer and see if I recognize any names. And then, of course, I don't... Do you remember the name of the band? Of course not. I have no idea. Some obscure band name I've never heard of. Oh, no. It's not a band. It's, it's a comic, comic book. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, oh, you fellow comic book geek? Right. Says Peyton. Right. Okay. So so Anna's like, oh, you're a, fa- a fan of... Insert comic book title Dear, that no one you're, knows. You're a fan of Catwoman. What? And then she's like, oh, fellow comic book geek, Peyton says, even though we've never seen Peyton read a comic or have them anywhere. She's an artist, though, and she draws sort of comic-like things. So it it's not unfathomable that she would be into comic books. It's just we never have seen it. And of course she is because Peyton is like every guy's dream girl with like all of her quirky interests, you know. By the way, they seem to be hitting it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sorry. Two little friends here. They're already hitting it off. And I think at that point, Peyton is like, you know, hey, I think like you're Felix's sister, right? And she's like, yeah, on the days I claim him. And they both high five. And then um, <laughs> and then she's like, you know, this town is okay, but like, I think somebody forgot to give me the password. And Peyton's like, oh yeah, people here stick tend to stick to their own kind. And I have to ask you, Alex, if someone said, oh, I think they forgot to give me the password, would you know what the fuck they were talking about? No. I would have been like, wait, what? What password? What are you talking about? <laughs> Peyton immediately is like, oh, okay. Clearly you're making a joke about how you're not fitting in yet. How I, to me, that is not obvious. She's just on a different <laughs> level than us, hon. Apparently. I guess what happens when you read comic books. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. at this point, she also like subverts her gaze and she happens upon Lucas. Okay. You mean Anna does? Yeah. Yeah. You know, she happens upon Lucas and they... Peyton notices this. It's like, hmm, hmm. Well, I guess the guys are cute here, but you know what? Everybody here has complicated histories, Anna. So, yeah. So to be clear, Anna said, well, at least the guys are cute. And Peyton said, well, the first thing you have to know is everybody here has really complicated stories. Or I feel like that's what I said. No, you made it sound like Peyton's in all of it. Okay, well. We don't want to rip, misrepresent this to the people, Alex. Whatever. It is up to us to make sure they're getting a true viewing experience through our words. doesn't even matter because the part that actually matters in this episode is now. Karen's Cafe. Oh. Dan comes in. Dan, you fucking clown. Like, oh, well, he's, I think he said he came to see Deb. Yeah, Dan comes know, in and then, then Deb's, uh, no, Dan comes in and then Karen says, oh, you know, Deb's not here. Sorry. And he goes, well, actually, I came to see you. Does he say that? Yeah. By the way, you know, he does say that, like, hey, I'm like, I want to apologize for the things that I've done to hurt you. <laughs> what? I just, I'm amazed he walks in within the first 30 seconds of talking to this woman who he's, he's immediately like, sorry for everything I've done in your life that's fucked you over. I hope you can forgive me about it. You know, are we cool? And I just think it's like, no, of course not. You ruined her whole life. But anyway, it makes me laugh. But yeah, you know, and Karen's like, hey, you're creeping everybody out. Nobody is buying this little sensitive phoenix bird thing that you're trying to portray here, okay? Sorry sorry you feel that way, but I understand. You know, Deb tells me that Keith hasn't been around as much. I hope that's not because of what happened. What What are you talking about? What happened? You should just know that I've chosen... 
to forgive him for sleeping with Deb. <gasps> yes. Karen, yes. Karen has the Pikachu face. I love it. Karen's little round mouth as she's shocked that this has happened. It's dripping with betrayal, <laughs> shock, and disgust. It is so weird. I, it is like so amazing to be reminded that Karen didn't know this. It's amazing. I think it's great. It is great. And you can see Dan's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Karen. I, I really thought you knew. And then he kind of shrugs and walks about. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I thought you knew that my brother bust a nut in my wife. Wow. As he, as he exactly. So I am just really happy that this happened. I can't wait. Because now we actually go to his brother. Speaking of Keith. And we have Maria Menounos. She's back as Jules. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keith is trying to set up a date. So he calls Jules. He's working. We see Jules in her apartment in some sort of silk robe with some sort of like fashion bug, like soundtrack playing in the background as she's sitting there doing her nails or whatever. Some very like cliche, like I'm a hot girl who doesn't work and just stays at home all day. Best thing would be to start with a job. No. Yeah, absolutely. She needs a job. No. (laughs) And he's like, Hey, lady, what's up? How's <laughs> the conversation go? Well, you know, I think it's interesting because when he calls, she says, speak. Yeah. It's, it's Keith. Keith who? Uh, you know, the one that kissed you the other night? You don't bitch? She says, you got to be a little bit more specific than that, Keith. She starts giving him the run Yeah, around. she's like, we made out at Dan Scott Motors. What do you think of that? And she goes, oh, well, that narrows it down to a half a dozen or so. <laughs> I can't believe she's kissed that many Keiths. So many. How, how are there even that many Keiths in the world? I think that she's being completely serious also. <laughs> that is That would be the best plot twist here is that she's not flirting. She's genuinely confused. Yeah. <laughs> genuinely trying to figure this shit out. By the way, though, Keith does call her up and she says, hey, you know, there's a club opening tonight. How about we go? Well, don't you know about the Wednesday rule? Oh, God. The Wednesday rule. I don't even know what the Wednesday rule is. I... A girl can't accept an offer for a weekend date if it comes after a Wednesday. That's dumb. And he says, well, you know who follows the rules, girl? Bitches that sit at home alone. And she's like, "Ah, I'm charmed. Okay. And so they agree to go to this club opening tonight. So that was easy, I guess. You know, she's kind of strange. I don't like her personally, but hey. Everybody's got their vibe, you know. Yeah, to keep their own, you know what I mean? Yeah. Next. (laughs) Alex, go ahead. Well, you know what? Speaking of two people in love. We got Brooke and Peyton. Okay, Brooke and Peyton are that's some kind of melon stand. They're, they're yeah, they're like, seeking a ripe melon. Yeah, so Peyton's looking for this melon, and they're starting to talk about Felix. You know, because Peyton says, "How's how are Felix and you doing?" You know, for, for somebody that like with no strings attached, he's being awfully stringy. Ugh. All right. What are we even doing here? Why are we Why are we at this melon hut? And this is where she explains the concept of a rider, and Brooke. She's, is alive very, with excitement. She's very interested in this right. Yes. So the next thing we see, flash quickly to Felix, the ultimate douche mobile, is like standing out by his car w- with his little wife beater shirt on. And he's like waxing it with like some fucking basic ass 2000s wrap on, I think. Right. She comes over looking hot as hell. And she jumps on the backseat of his car. And he's like, oh, good thing. I'm just about to be finished here. We could go off and be together. And she's like, uh, you could finish yourself, sir. Here's my list of demands. And then she hands him this rider. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Just your voice form. It's just, <laughs> it was good. Almost don't. We can be together. <laughs> I just, I like your voice form. That's, well, that's Felix. That's Felix in my heart. That's who he is. Um, so, what kind of things are on her rider, Alex? Well, you know, like no sleeping over, no sleeping late, 
no non-sexual bathing, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Peyton, or Brooke just wants to have no strings attached sexual fun. Yes. She doesn't want any of this, like, you know, bring me a, like, draw me a bubble bath shit. No. You know, don't bring me breakfast in bed or anything like You know what like she that. wants? She wants... You know, and Felix says, you know, it's fine. First you gotta put your neck into it. Don't stop, just do it, do it. Like, I... I have a date tonight. Hope that doesn't bother you. That's item number what, honey? Twelve. No asking if it's okay to date other people. <laughs> Brooke. And then she slithers off. And she, I'm sorry, but she shakes her ass so hard when she walks away. It is the most attitude I have ever seen a person walk with. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, no, she like walks away with, she saunters. She does. I mean, what do you think about the way she walks? Like, do you like it a lot? It's a little much for me in this scene. Mm. But generally, I like to watch her do anything. Yeah, I remember. Anything you can I feel can. that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. So, needless to say, she is putting some new boundaries on this relationship. Speaking of boundaries, <laughs> Nathan goes to visit Whitey at the hospital. Trivia question. Yeah. What is Whitey's room number? Are you fucking serious? Yep. You misled me, sir. Why? Because during this scene, Alex was giving me eyes when there was a, a, a clock up on the wall, making it like, oh, pay attention to that, pay attention to that, averting my attention from the room number. No, we so saw I the would room... never know. No. I would never guess the room number. We saw the room number before the clock. 312. 653. Fuck everything. So here's the next question. Oh, God. What was the time of the clock? I can't tell. I couldn't tell. I tried so hard. It was very hard. You know, we reround this, and Lena even had a little chance. She had a chance today. I tried so hard. It looks like it's about 1038. Okay? That's I don't what I'm think that with. you could have possibly seen that. I think that's a lie, I and had, I won't stand for it. I had trouble seeing the, the hour hand, but it's like 10 or I 11. think you could say anything you want right now just to make me look foolish, and no one will know. And you know that? what I realized? No one's ever going to call it out. If you ever are fucking lying to me about the time. Because no one else looks at the clocks, Alex. Let me tell you something. There are plenty of fans on Instagram that have no. come to my They've never. Aid that said, Alex, please keep asking the hard questions. They have never. And they never will. Everyone's on my side on this. <laughs> anyway. Nathan visits Whitey. And Whitey. What what book is Whitey looking at when he arrives? I don't know. 100 things to do before you die or something like that. 500 things. Thank you very much. 500 things to see before you die. How many has Whitey seen? Zero. Twelve. I, I don't know. I wasn't. I was so busy. About you were the, so thinking about the clock. You weren't thinking about the content. I was. Of the scene. I was. I was wondering. Like, see, hmm. this is the difference between us, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I do remember that he says that before he dies, he wants to dive with the manta rays. Oh, I didn't remember that at all, actually. <laughs> so this is me paying attention to content. Well, <laughs> uh, anyway, Nathan comes to tell him that he turned down the high flyers opportunity, and he says it's because he wants to support Haley. In her music thing. And going to High Flyers will get in the way of that. Again, how? Here's the thing. How? Somebody has to pay for this camp, right? Who knows? I'm assuming usually some kind of camp has to be paid for. Maybe he got a scholarship. Honey, it's like a little basketball camp. I'm assuming that here's what makes sense to me. Okay? For any kind of like school function where you're Mm -hmm. going off to a camp, they aren't free. Okay? And the parents aren't going to pay for it if he's not living with them. Well, then why don't they just say it? Because they think they're trying to make us feel like we like you know what they're gonna figure this out. No, they'll 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 say, "Oh, hi, little sister, where are your nipples at?" Like they'll say that <laughs> to prove to us the relationship between those two. But they'll let us assume like no, they're trying. This is what they're trying to do, and I love Nathan, so I'm not saying this is against Nathan. 
But the writers are being lazy here. They're not setting this up well. They're just trying to make Lathan look as good as fucking possible here. Oh, I'm going to sacrifice all of my dreams and everything because it's Haley's turn. It's Haley's turn. Haley deserves to be in the spotlight. That's beautiful, but it's not fucking necessary. And if it were necessary for a different reason, then fucking tell us that reason. Don't just make it seem like he's a martyr. You know, because that's what they're making it seem like in the martyr storyline here does not make sense. There's no reason they couldn't both do it. If it is about the money, just make it about the fucking money or connect the two. I just I need it to be more clear to me because I do not understand this. What do you have against Nathan, hon? I love Nathan. I'm not saying like anything it. against Nathan. I love Nathan. It doesn't Nathan. sound like it. It sounds like you don't like all Nathan I want, Scott. All I want for Nathan is that he has a better storyline and better writing. That is what true love is about, Alex. I want him to have good writing to work with. That's what I want. Anyway, Whitey's like, hey, look, you walked in here a little boy, but you're walking out a great big old man. <laughs> you know, something like that. You're taking two steps forward as a man, whatever. No, that he means. says, yes, because he's like, you're as a, as a, you're a good husband is what he's basically saying. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like you're, you're a shit basketball player for this, but you're a good ass husband. That's what he's saying. But he's still pretty baller for a basketball player. Yeah. Nathan's pretty happy about it. Next though. Here we go. At the cafe, we see little old Keith come in to see Karen. It's the first time he's come in here in a while. Karen is all, okay, uh, she's just, she doesn't even know what to say to Keith because she's just picturing his balls deep inside of Deb. And Deb is there right now, too. Deb is there. Yeah. What happens, Alex? Well, you know, Keith walks in like, hey, Karen, I just wanted to drop by and wish you luck. You're still coming, right? <laughs> I say to Keith, and Keith says, you know what? I, I, I know that we weren't an item, but tonight I'm going to bring a date. A woman. Her name is Jules. Jules. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, he's uh just trying to say, hey, like I know we weren't an item, but I don't want you to be fucking jealous. Yeah. When I'm hanging off some bimbo. Well, she's like, well, <laughs> well, she, and Karen's like, oh, anybody I know, and he's like, and I think she's like, is it she's Deb? like, are you gonna bring Deb? I think that's what she was thinking, and she's like, is this your way of telling me? And he's like, Jules, I met her at the dealership, and so she's like, well, that's cool, Keith, I guess, whatever. And then fucking Andy storms in. Here comes the money. Here we go. He walks in. He's got this big old box. What's inside of this box, son? <laughs> T-shirts. T-shirts for the club. He had them made. No need to worry. My accountant handles that. And he got one even especially for little Lucas. That's a nice little gesture. He's got shirts with trick on it. I mean, he's a millionaire. You can afford them. And if you don't know, now you know. You know. <laughs> he can also afford to give an A at the end of the semester, too. So He can also afford to ask how old her fucking kid is. Instead of just assuming. I mean, then again, he keeps saying all this. She could have corrected him any time. I know, but wh- wh- who who finds out someone has a child and does not say, oh, well, how old are they? I have never asked anybody how old their kid is. You don't, If you were dating a woman with a child, you wouldn't ask how old your kid is? Well, if I were dating one, sure. Yeah, Alex. First of all, why don't you ask people how old their kids are? I don't care how old their kids are. Well, okay, but that's true. Alex is the kind of person... That avoids any kind of social interaction at all costs to the point that his work was having a party today. And he took a half day so he didn't have to participate. You don't have to tell the whole world about what I do. <laughs> that is factual. Yeah, I mean, that's the truth. I didn't want to go and I, I didn't. Well, anyway, so Keith is seeing this this Australian hunk of a man, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> Taking out all these t-shirts like, oh, here are my tricks for you or whatever. And um, I got some other tricks up my sleeve too, miss. Oh, I love these accents. And then she's like, oh, Keith, me, Andy, he's my professor. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. And Andy's like, what? What? <laughs> 
and he's taken aback by this. But it's clear that uh, it's it's clear in two things that at least in one hand, Karen just doesn't know how to talk about this relationship with Andy yet. Second hand, it's always going to be awkward with Keith. Yeah, it, those are the two things I'm getting from. And this. It doesn't linger here, but like no. we remember that she said, "Professor, I can't wait." Oh, we'll to never see forget. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Next, we go to what is presumably like a TJ Maxx kind of place where there's like cheap ass clothing and shoes and makeup. But there's also some like beautiful purse inside of a glass case. Oh, yeah, that's true. That Brooke is like staring at when Haley comes and says, hey, come on. The cheap section's this way. Brooke is lusting over this purse, which I happen to think is like a hideous purse. I don't remember. I remember not liking it, though. It's fucking ugly as sin. Now, Brooke's feeling a little lightheaded right now. Mm-hmm. I wonder what, what's wrong. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, she says that she sold blood. She did. Who sells blood? Instead people, of donates, you people mean? People donate blood, right? Where can you sell blood? Well, do you remember on Dawson's Creek, <laughs> do you remember Henry who dated Jen, the mm-hmm. freshman? Do you remember mm-hmm. him selling his blood and then passing out on the Valentine's Day date in the restaurant? I do now. So is this, like a normal this is thing? an people, ongoing storyline on teen dramas. Can people in dramas. Carolina, can they can just sell their blood, I suppose? Well, and Massachusetts, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know where all these underage people are able to go sell their blood. I, I'm surprised that you're able to buy blood of a child. Aren't there like people out there that think they're vampires and they pretend. And they drink blood. And they drink people's blood and shit. Did you know Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly drink each other's blood? Is that true? That's what they said. When did they say that? I don't know. They said it publicly somewhere. It's fucked up. But you know what I think? I think they're just trying to copy Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton because when they were married, they used to wear vials of each other's bloods around their neck. So, obviously, the next step is to just drink it from the source. Yeah, I think they're just trying to up the ante. Do you think yeah. we should do that? Good. Are we intense enough for that? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I feel like we're like, that's the kind of shit that I would have done when I was like 20. There are so many fluids I would drink from you, but oh not blood. Oh, my God, Alex. Gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. <laughs> are you sure you don't want to try? Lena. Alex. Let's pause this picture. I could get all bloody for you if you want. Lena. Ew. Ugh, let's move on. All right. So she sold blood. She got crappy shoes. She got a crappy dress. She got eyeliner. Was that necessary, Brooke? $7 on eyeliner? I don't think so. But anyway, she's almost out of money. And she says, you know what I have enough money left for? Alcohol. So they stop at the liquor store on the way out. Do they actually stop at the liquor store, though? Well, presumably, because she is drinking later. So I always thought that was just because they were at the club. Yeah, but she didn't. She brought her own liquor that she was pouring into a cup. Oh, did she? Yeah, we see a scene of that. Well, you know, I forgot about that. Well, so. nevertheless. We get to the club opening. Finally. Yeah. Finally, we're here. It's trick. Trick or treat. Am I right? <laughs> Peyton, Karen, they're all get, they're getting ready. They're like, oh, shit, yeah, this is about to be game time. Haley's in the background pacing back and yeah, forth. Yeah, she's all stressed out thinking only about herself, <laughs> as she should be in this case. I mean, let's be real. Lucas comes up and is like, oh, shit. Fuck, man, you forgot one thing. And Peyton's like, oh, my God, what did I forget? And he's like, you forgot to relax. <laughs> Yes, he did. And Peyton just smacks him right in the face, which is not what happens, but it's what should happen. I like your... Uh, <laughs> you like my reenactment? Yes, very much. <laughs> That's like exactly that. what happened. You do like not even need to watch the episode. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're feeling stressed <laughs> out, but Lucas says, hey, come on, for real. Let's go over. Let's check this out. I'm going to show you something. Let's see how many people want to be here. When we see how successful this shit's going to be, look outside. <laughs> yep. He walks them over to the door. There's nobody blocking the door that I can tell. There's just a long line of people on the steps waiting uh-huh. to walk up into this place. Every single person in Tree Hill is there. Yep. And they're yep. ready to club it up. And it wastes no time because now we're immediately inside of this club. 
dancing is happening. Everybody's getting down. Brooke's thighs are itching. Oh, that's true. This is separate, but, you know, Brooke's talking to Haley now. Hey, my thighs are itching in this fucking cheap shit. (laughs) And Haley is still nervous about all the people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. And they go up to Peyton and Karen. And they're like, hey, great opening. This is awesome. And then Karen's like, Brooke, give me that wrist of yours. You know, it's funny because she gets that wrist of hers and she cuts off this wristband. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you were talking about earlier, how the show makes you think like, oh, you're the dumbest people on the planet. Yeah. Because we all know what that wristband is for. It's for alcohol. Yeah. But then they go to explain it in like another, like the next scene. Like we didn't all fucking know what that wristband was for. It just Why did they do this? Well, maybe we wouldn't have. I, uh, who, come on, honey. Well. Anyway. Anyway. This is where Andy comes over, right? First time I felt like the oldest person in a bar. You know, and Karen <laughs> introduces Peyton to Andy. Not as her professor, but as what this time? As her friend. As her friend. This is my friend Andy. Wow. Oh. Karen, what are you afraid to say? Did you bring little Lucas? <laughs> Can't wait to meet the little guy. And Peyton says he isn't so little and then winks and puts her tongue into the side of her cheek. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding about that. I'm just kidding about that. You know, then Andy walks away and Peyton's like, hey, tell me about your friend. Are you two fucking? You know, he is a stone cold Fox. Anybody would be lucky to go down under on that. <laughs> that was a fake laugh, and I don't appreciate it. It was Lena. not a fake laugh. I'm still laughing from before. Either way, Peyton knows what's up. This is not just a friend. You guys are into each other, Karen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely, they are. A little young for you, isn't she? Karen. <laughs> beep, beep. Karen. <laughs> So Karen is definitely not comfortable saying exactly what it is between her and Andy. No, she's very she's very weird about the whole thing. Very nervous about the whole thing. And that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, this, this episode, like, stuff goes by pretty quick. Though, it does. It does, actually, because next we have Keith and Jules arriving. They're outside checking in. The, who's the bouncer? This is a waste of a fucking scene. Oh. But you're right. Who's the bouncer? It's junk. Yeah. Which, if you had asked me that before he said the name and you told me first, I would never remember. Well, here's the thing. The reason it's important. They have the doorman as a teenage boy. He's the one giving the over 21 wristbands away. Which is here where they actually specify and say, oh, this is the over 21 wristband. But here, why would you give a teenage boy that responsibility? That doesn't make any sense. Of course he's going to give it to all his friends. Like, are you serious? If That's he wants crazy. to be treated like an adult, he has to act like an adult. But he, so he doesn't want to job. be. He just wants to drink. Honey. <laughs> I just think it's dumb. But why do you say it's a waste of a scene if you've ever seen one? Well, because what's the point of this scene? Keith and Jewel show up? Yes, but That's what it. happens in it? Literally that. No, more happens. So how was your other date the cancellation? Why, you want to ask him out? No. Just didn't know you were seeing other people. If you're one of them, I'd shut up. So the whole point is to establish that there's this, like, he thinks, oh, maybe things will be more serious. But she's, like, playing the field. And there's, like, a little bit of a tension about who, what are they? What is their relationship? They had this on the phone call when she talked about sleeping with all these other Keiths. I know. What if she, what if she was the kind of person that she only dated men named Keith? That would be something. Like, that is the only requirement for her. I wouldn't put it past Maria Menounos. I wouldn't either, Maria. How do you solve a problem like Maria? Anyway. But anyway, I don't know. I just... Uh... Oh, I think that was the point, though, was to just establish that sort of, like, I think the whole point them. of the scene was actually to 
clue everybody in on the fact those wristbands that they cut off of Brooke was an over 21 wristband. I don't think that's it, but we I can... I don't buy this shit. I just don't. We can agree to disagree, my love. Next, we see on the opposite side of the club, Brooke is sitting outside dumping some alcohol into her drink. Karen didn't say anything about drinking outside, did she? No one talks to themselves like this. I, I do. You do? Okay, well, fine. Only Alex talks to himself like this. But then, um, meanwhile, while she's getting there ready to drink, Mouth is seen lurking in the shadows, contemplating how he's going to ask Brooke out. Here's what gets me. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because he stands here and he says, hey, Brooke, I like your dress. You want to do something sometime? Hey, you, you want to catch a movie sometime? But it looks like they're close enough that, you know, he... That she'd be able to hear? Yeah. Maybe that's what he was hoping for. Because at this point in time, Felix walks by with Teresa on his arm. Mm -hmm. And they don't go very far because suddenly they're in Brooke's view. So, like, they're very close. They are very close. Okay, then Brooke's like, what a fucking bitch. It looked better on me, that outfit, because she bought it for me. Yeah, and Teresa's like, but Brooke, you said it was okay. She's like, well, that was before I knew you'd look like total shit in it. And uh, then I think Felix is like, you know what, Teresa, go inside. I'm going to handle this situation. And he's like, you're acting like a jealous girlfriend. That's against the rules. And Brooke's like, um, I just figured you would go with somebody with a little more class. Why? I went for you, bitch. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Really, though, that's pretty harsh. I mean, that is pretty harsh. You're telling her she's a piece of trash is what you're saying. I mean, I feel bad for Brooke here. You know what Do I mean? you? Deep down, I feel bad for Brooke because I feel like Brooke just wants to feel... Loved and appreciated. Love. And she, when has she felt love? Never. She's yet to feel love in her life. She felt love with Lucas, and then she was misled. She, the thing is, she... was she, making belly noises on Peyton. <laughs> she was, he was... Do you remember? All, he was just giving, busy giving her belly kisses, yeah. Blowing raspberries and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But that is not the case here. Here, she has a man she's casually sleeping with. She's being very firm to him about not being interested in anything else. She's being pretty mean to him overall, I understand why he's, like, acting like this, but at the same time, I do feel bad for her. I always feel bad for her because she's a very sad, damaged little creature, you know? Speaking of sad, damaged little creatures, <laughs> Haley walks up to Peyton and Holy says, Holy shit. Hey, I, I can't do this. I can't play at all. And you're telling me this now? All these people, Peyton, okay? Look, you'll figure it out. You can do this. What the fuck do you think of this, about Haley doing this? I think it's understandable i wouldn't do what she's doing i would go up there and just bomb personally i exactly i just i can't you know how bad i feel about things i cannot even imagine it's not like peyton's like oh my god no big deal it's fine Peyton's pushing back and is like Haley, you can't do this to me you're fucking me over like I, you cannot do this and Haley's like oh no it'll be fine don't worry about it well there's other people there singing and stuff too you know never what I mean? do this to someone i could never do it I truly could not do it. It is her response. I know it sucks for her. She signed up. She's nervous. I get what she's feeling. I get the desire to not do it. She didn't want to sign up for it, though. She's I mean, being pushed right. into it. You're right, but she did agree. Sure, but if she was this kind was, of being pressured into yeah, it. Yeah, but this is the time. Here's the thing, though. It's like somebody proposing to someone, and then they, they say yes. They get to the altar, and that's when they say no. It's like you had a chance before without publicly humiliating that person. You should have stood your ground earlier instead of fucking someone over. I hope that maybe that'll happen in Tree Hill to where we can talk about that in the future at length. Okay? Because for right now, I just, I don't know. She's, I feel like she was pressured into this. No, one. she was. I'm not saying she wasn't pressured into it. And she I, was. I know that she said yes, but 
at the same time, I know Peyton should not, not pressure like, her in. It's not like nobody's there to sing. You know what I mean? It's not like it's the worst thing in the world. I'm just saying I could they're not playing, do this to someone. They're playing music with the little records moving around back and forth. Like you know DJs. What I mean? Yes. Yeah. Disc jockeys are there. She's there moving the discs around. That's true. Okay. Well, I, that's fine. I just I I don't know. Maybe my annoyance with Haley is carrying over from last week. Who knows? But Peyton says to her, "You know what? You've got to get on that horse sometime." And that's it. I mean, she's just like. I'll figure the shit out, fucking bitch. Yeah. But you got to get on that horse. Somewhere. I wouldn't even have bothered with a pep talk for her. I'd be just mad that she's ruining my whole night. Yeah. That's what I would do. Teenagers in high school. Whatever. They, I'd be they mad. should get mad. Next, though, I all I have written is Deb comes up to Karen. I have literally nothing else written. You know, Deb comes up to Karen. <laughs> you know, it seems like every teenager in town showed up. Wow. You know, and Deb asks about Lucas. You know, like, like how's, you know, how's Lucas doing? You're right. right. And they look over. Turns out Lucas has met Karen's friend and professor. Andy. Yeah. Because Deb was curious about that. Like, hey, like, have you introduced him yet? Not yet. But who is that I spy at the bar? It's Lucas and Andy. They're talking to each other. They seem like a couple of friends, don't mm-hmm. they? They sure do. They're talking about favorite bands. They're talking about favorite hairstyles. They're talking about... Really? Just because they have the same like oh. shaved head as well. <laughs> um, I think that he, I think Lucas ends up being like, so how did you hear about this? What's going on? I'm actually dating the woman that runs this, like running this. You're dating Peyton? Nah, nah, the cops would love that one, wouldn't they? <laughs> Does he say that? Yeah, he said. I'm not going to be doing any of that with the bobbies around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bobbies, that's like a London thing, isn't it? Probably, but we don't know what we're doing. Whatever, with who this cares? Accent, so Everybody fine. else is different than us. Sorry, everyone. Whatever. Anyway, Karen comes up. <laughs> And, oh, he says, oh, well, actually, I'm dating her, as right as Karen's walking up. And Lucas is like, uh, mom? Little Lucas? You're little Lucas? <laughs> My God, woman, how old are you? Yep, exactly what happens. And Karen's like, well, I've got some explaining to do. Well, you know, they officially meet, and Andy is shocked. You know, I thought you were six, not six, one. Oh, that's right. He does say that. I just, I like that line. It makes me laugh. Oh, I thought you were six. Not six. I have to stop. I can't stop with his accent. It's terrible. Honey. I know. Either way, it immediately goes away from there. We're with Keith and we're with Jules. Okay. Keith brings Jules over and introduces her to Deb. And how does Jules introduce herself? I'm his girlfriend. What the fuck? It's very interesting that she says that. Just like. They've gone on one date, Alex. I wrote down major red flag. When did you consider me your boyfriend? Months and months. and No, it was very different with you and I. They have had one superficial date. That is all they've had. It, you do not... And also, that's a conversation you have. Like, oh, are we in a relationship? That's a conversation. That is not just something you announce. I'm his girlfriend. You look like a fucking psycho. I'm sorry, but she does. Keith, if he had any any sense about him, would be running for the hills right now. Because somebody does not just declare themselves they're someone's girlfriend after one fucking date. Well, that's what he's been hoping for. I know, but he's desperate. I'm just saying. I'm saying Keith's looking for a little love. Oh. And there's somebody that's given it to Red him. Red fucking just it, flags. Bringing it out into the open now, okay? She was toying around with him a little bit in line, dating other people. <laughs> but now she's here saying, you know what? I'm Keith's girlfriend. I'm his girlfriend, bitch. Okay. And, and you know, then she goes like, over right. to get some drinks. Deb and Keith are just like talking a little bit, like looking at each other a little awkwardly, like, hey, you came inside me a couple days ago, whatever. Oh my God. Or probably was, it was more than a couple days ago. It was a couple it was weeks. like a month ago. A month ago, whatever. Yeah. Still fresh. And <laughs> then they hug. And you can see in the background when they're hugging awkwardly, of course, 
Karen's looking over like, hmm, what's she's going on there? She's suspicious of all of it. Yeah, I bet that's not the first time they've had their bodies that close. Mm-hmm. That's what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Well, that's over. Anyway, guess who walks in? Chris Keller, right? Chris Keller walks in, and Nathan and Haley are sitting at a table, and he just comes in and starts flowing out with some zingers, doesn't he? Previously on Saved by the Bell. Hey, Chris, this is my husband, Nathan. Hi. Married in high school. Yeah, that'll work. Love it. It's so <laughs> funny. It's very funny. I like Chris Keller. He's funny. He just makes me laugh. I don't remember anything else about this. Yeah, so I don't really think there's that much here. Just like, you know, I think Nathan's saying, hey, it's okay if you don't like sing tonight. It's terrible of you, but it's it's nice. Yeah. And we go to Lucas, okay? Lucas and Anna, they lock eyes. So I think Lucas spots Anna here, okay? And I have written here, tiptoeing around fucking. Oh, you know what it is? They're being very flirty. That's what it is. We're friends with oh, potential. Oh, yeah. Is, is this where they start? I um, need to write down what I'm actually thinking at the time because this is hard to decipher. Oh, yeah. This is the part. Okay, so they, Anna and Lucas are dancing. Keith and Jules are dancing. Everyone is dancing. It is very terrible. Yeah, because like they meet each other like, hey, you're looking very beautiful tonight. Let's dance. Yes. They and start, we see everybody on dancing. the floor is dancing. Everybody. Is. And then Felix comes up out of fucking nowhere. So... I'm assuming this means he had this. He comes up with the photo, the topless photo of Anna. Yeah, the Throws half. it in Lucas's face. Why the fuck is my sister topless? And my question was, number one, why are you going through her shit? But the second issue that I just thought of is, does that mean he came to the club with this picture of his sister's nipples in his pocket? Probably. Here's the order I see things. Mm-hmm. He went through Anna's stuff, mm-hmm. found the pictures, jerked off in front of her mirror. Okay. <laughs> got in his car. That he just freshly waxed. Yeah. Drove to Teresa's house. Jerked off in her driveway. <laughs> went up, got Teresa. Okay. Took her to the club. Went to the bathroom, did a line of coke. Jerked off in front of that mirror. Wow. And then he's walked out and is like, hey, what the fuck? Now that he's got wow. some of that, that post-nut clarity that I'm always hearing about. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's like, hey, this isn't right that you have seen this. What's up with that? This is my sister. I. These are my nipples. Why are these are my nipples and my nipples alone? Why does he care so much about her topless picture with Lucas? And also, if he found it, then why does he think that Lucas would know anything about it? Because maybe the first two pictures in that photo booth? Are of them together, yeah. But it was at, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just... Maybe he thought those were like some risque stuff that she tore the first half off. You know what I mean? Whatever. The point is, free the nipple. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Free that nipple, Anna. Let it out. Show it to people. Either way, you know, she says, hey, Felix, just walk away. Yeah. Get out of here. Like, let's outside. Go out. Now. Yeah, let's go outside. Let's go outside. She starts screaming at him. So just because they, they run outside and he's like. It's because of crap like this we had to move again. You know what? I liked my last life. Oh, great. This again. You, you want people to talk? Keep it up. Oh, because they will. Just like the last time. Just because people say something doesn't make it true, Felix. Those were rumors. Yeah. Why do you think rumors get started? So what exactly happened What's in their previous Anna's life? secret? Anna? Why did they have to move on? Tell us. These are the questions we have We're now. We're so invested. I literally can't hold my breath. I literally can't to, wait. To make a... I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. We want to know. That's it. I want to know. So but next. anyway, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. But right on brand, Peyton goes up. Doing a great job, by the way. She goes up stage and starts and is hosting this whole thing. Hey, welcome everybody. Come on down. You're here. We're got the little thing called House of Freaks. We have all these people here, this big lineup, and some really great people. And let's start with Chris Keller. 
whatever. She's some sort of intro, and she's pretty good at it. I love that Chris Keller walks up here, okay? Because mm-hmm. he, he walks up, gets on stage, sits on his little stool. He sees everybody out in this club just talking to each other. All right. And he's like, oh, come on now. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, guys. And they're all just fucking, they don't give a shit. They're talking, laughing, screaming. Yeah, he gets ready. He, I think he starts to play a little bit, and then he just stops because nobody's paying attention. And what does he say? Guys are ready for this. Beep, pew, takes it out and walks off. People start booing. Which I think is so great. It's so funny to me. And then Haley runs up to him. What are you doing? What about Peyton? Hey, I mean, it beats screwing over a friend, right? Better than screwing over a friend. Yeah. And then Karen goes up and she's like, oh, shit. Well, I don't know what that was, but I'm going to do free rounds in the house, everybody. And everybody starts screaming and hooting and hollering. Peyton's like, Karen, all <laughs> ages, all ages. Free rounds of juice, of juice, of juice, of juice. And everybody's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's right. I want some juice, though, honestly. I offered to pick some up at the store yesterday. I would yesterday. love juice in comparison. Like, I would never choose alcohol over juice. Me either. I wouldn't even choose alcohol with juice over juice. I just want the juice. Blame it on my juice, baby. It's all about that juice, baby. Anyway, free round of juice on the house. Mm-hmm. Peyton comes up and is like, what the hell was that? Hey, what are you doing? Not playing. Why? Because playing to a bunch of mall rats who hate anything they can't pogo to ain't what Chris Keller's about. Really? That would have been really nice for you to tell me before I put you up on stage. Also, it would have been nice to know that you talk about yourself in third person. Okay, I get it. Curly's pissed. But look at it this way. If I hadn't done what I did, would she be up there right now? Because next we see Haley, little old Haley, climbing aboard the stage, settling into her little seat. Just imagine this like, little toddler like trying to reach up on top. That's exactly what I was envisioning was a little toddler climbing up with their little toddler leg kicking up onto the stage and crawling themselves. Anyway, she gets up on the stage and he's like, if I wouldn't have walked off, would this girl have gone up there to sing? I don't think so. And then we see Haley's little face and she goes, don't think, just play. It's October again. Yeah, whatever she starts yeah, to sing. Starts singing her song. You know, and people stop talking and they start taking notice. Because they're like, damn, this girl can sing. I actually really like this song, and I think her voice sounds gorgeous in this song. Except for one part that I hate, but I won't point it out. Everything else I think is good. <laughs> it's beautiful. All eyes are on Haley. Yeah. Okay? Everybody thinks and that she's doing great. Yeah, and then um, Peyton's like, wait, to Chris Keller, you did all of this just so she would get to play? And Chris goes, who knows? Chris Keller ain't telling. And he just kind of walks off. And Peyton, you're showing your high school age right now. That is not what happened. He's just making light of the fact that he fucked everyone over. Like, he didn't do anything. This is not some guy that just invested in Haley at this point. Some grand you know? wizard that has a, a all-encompassing scheme. Right. Like, how dumb, oh, honestly. Come on. Let's not give him credit where it's not due. But anyway, she's beautiful. She's singing beautifully. It's gorgeous. Lucas says to Nathan, wow, you really did a good thing for her, man. And Nathan's like, nope. She did that all by herself. What? <laughs> you just seen his face while he was acting that out. It was really cute. Um, I actually do think that's very sweet, though. Nathan seems, like, hyper in love with Haley recently, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess good. he's always seemed really in love with her, but I feel like he seems more in love with her in this season than normal. Well, fuck. They marry each other. What and they've had sex. That's fuck really yeah. what it's about. That brings people closer together sometimes. That's what I've heard. I don't know. Honey. Well. We should have sex and see what happens. <sighs> She sings. <laughs> We're going around at this point with her ba- the backdrop of her singing, checking in on all the different people that are there. And r- the lyrics 
We zoom in on Brooke. And as we zoom in on Brooke, who's sitting there looking fucking sad as shit, the lyrics, I'm an expert at play it safe and keep it cool. Play over Brooke's little face. I definitely didn't hear that. Well, I noticed it because I've seen this 500 times. But I feel like that it's like perfectly aligned with with Brooke because she is playing this whole situation with Felix super cool. She's pretending she doesn't give a shit about anything. She's at that moment we see Felix and Teresa walk by. It clearly bothers her. She's clearly jealous and uncomfortable with it. But Mouth comes up to her. Mouth comes up and he says hi. Why can't guys be more like you, Mouth? I mean, you're loyal, sweet. You got my doll ass back for me. It wasn't that big a deal. Yes, it was. You know what you are? You are like a really great little brother. Oh, dagger in the heart. I love it. Is that not the worst thing you could hear? That is so much worse than hearing you're like a friend. You're a really great friend. Yeah, little brother, you know you're not going to come back from you're little brother You're never status. coming back from little brother. Yep. You might come back from friend. You will yeah. absolutely never with little brother. Like, mouth is devastated here. Well, of okay. course, that is understandably devastating. I mean, just because he has this, like, fantasy dream life of her, you know? And that, that would be disappointing for anybody. Yeah, if you've got a crush on somebody and you find out that, you know, they just see you as a little brother or you find out they're a lesbian and you didn't know, it's very devastating. Did that happen to you? Once. Oh, that felt very specific, so. But yeah, there was this uh, girl I thought was cute and, and I liked when I was in high school, of course. Mm -hmm. Turns out she was a lesbian. No problem with that at all. But it's just like. But it was I a was, problem for you because you couldn't get with her. Well, I was bummed out at the time. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Then I moved on because like, good for you. Well, good. I'm glad that you didn't linger. Well, yeah, I didn't linger. You're only bringing it up on a podcast 15 years later. Well, no, I just thinking like, that's the other scenario that would be kind of a bummer. Well. If you envisioned your life with a person and then. You envisioned your life with that girl? No. Oh. I did with a lot of people when I was younger. Like the woman from Bewitched and Lucille Ball and Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> I feel like every episode of this podcast, we're just naming women that you used to want to fuck. No, 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 no. Not fuck. Be with. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. I'm just talking about like there's... there's Romantically. Different... Yeah, just like, you know, have somebody to be with and somebody that wants to be with me. Someone who wants to be with you, perhaps? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, we go away from here. Mouth is devastated. He's in the corner sobbing like a child. He's not He's not actually sobbing. But he's down. Let's pretend he is. But now we're, we're here with Keith and Jules. You know, Jules says to Keith, you know, Haley is great. I'm going to bring my other boyfriends to see her. That was like a very quick, doesn't mean anything, because we just want to All we want we is keep to make this. it look like Jules is this really cool, kind of funny, silly girl that's like, oh, she's playing it cool and hard to get and whatever. It's just so annoying. I just, whatever. Um, but then Haley's song ends. Nathan cheers, all right, as he's clapping real hard. He's all excited. He's so proud of her. It's very cute. And then immediately the DJ starts playing again, which tells me, okay, so Haley was booked to play one song. Yep. So it didn't matter that uh, if she didn't do it, who would have cared? Well, do you think Chris was booked to play like a whole set? Maybe. Because I don't know. why would he go first then? I you know, know, was each person really only booked to play one song? Because that seems very weird. Know, I've never been to an event though where somebody only played one song. I've never been to an event. So. Well, that's sad. <laughs> um, you know, Lucas and Felix had their little scuffle earlier where they were like looking at each other all hard mm -hmm. and Anna comes over and sees Lucas like you know hey I'm sorry about Felix you know hey it's cool it's cool I want to see that picture again you know he says to Anna she slaps him right in the face he slaps him in the face with her fat nipples <laughs> don't you mean 
think they just giggle at each other and she gives him a make little, eyes and a little that's sly it. smile and pops him on the shoulder and with a fake little punch potentially <laughs> and then they yep. walk onto the dance floor i think but next mouth who is who's straight off of being told he's a little brother sees felix over there about to dick down teresa this is where mouth stops acting like a little brother and starts acting like a big brother <laughs> Because he rushes up to Felix and says, what the hell are you doing to Brooke? She's back there wasted and alone. And I give two fucks, Felix says. Here's something that you didn't know, maybe. What? Because Mouth says, why did you even pay for that dollhouse? (gasps) Turns out Felix is the one going through the money and checks the other day. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I forgot about that completely. Yeah, it is interesting. So we do find out that Felix is the one who paid for that dollhouse, not Mouth. He felt bad about that. But he didn't want it to be known that he paid for it. So he had Mouth take the credit. Very interesting. Very complicated fellow, this Felix. Yeah. But something uncomplicated, he pushes Mouth. This is when Lucas gets involved. And Lucas says, like, you know what? I'm not going to do this in my mom's club. Yeah, well, you're not going to do this, but I will. And then Felix winds back and punches him right in the face. Holy shit. And Lucas is like, no, no, no. And they start tackling each other. They, they start, start rolling fighting. around. Yeah, they start fighting, fighting. and screaming. And then, of course, Keith and Andy, the two great loves of Aaron, Karen's life, yep. come and break the whole thing up. And um, it's just madness. Absolute Karen madness. and Lucas lock eyes and she's shaking her head. like she's I'm fucking disappointed. I'm disappointed even though like he hit you when you were trying to like walk away. I'm very disappointed in you for keep going. You should have mm-hmm. just let him hit the fuck out of you. Anyway. Yep. Okay. And at some point after this, Anna tells Lucas that she feels bad about the whole thing. That's the next note I have, and that's the only note I have. Well, I have very... Next, like, the club is now empty. And this is where Karen is talking with Lucas. And I have written here that she says, what in the world, Lukey? Lucas apologizes, Lukey. though. What in the world, Lukey? You know what? We're going to get over this. But I'm going to ground you for a week. Mm-hmm. And this is where Anna walks over and says, like, Lucas, are you okay? Yeah, you should see the other guy. <laughs> you know. And Anna says that she's going to leave. And she loves that Lucas punched Felix. Because I imagine she's probably wanted to do that for you know her whole life. He hasn't, really. You, you want to call me tomorrow? And then he puts up his little Dixie cup and says, this is my phone now. Remember when people used to do that? Put their little string in the Dixie cups and talk to Did each he? other? Oh, he doesn't. No, he didn't. Oh, do that. Oh, honey, come on now. <laughs> No, Karen took his phone because he got grounded. I know Karen took his phone. I just like, <laughs> I actually believe that first. <laughs> that would be a great deleted scene, though. It would be a great deleted scene. Jesus. But yeah, then Lucas, you know, says, hey, it's like, it's nice to meet Andy the Australian. And Andy brings up the small shirt he got for Lucas, you know. So that this little scene with Lucas and Anna wraps up. And then we go to the bar area where Karen is cleaning up and Andy's back there helping her clean up. Um, which is, I mean, honestly, I feel like Andy is, like, overly involved in this night. Personally, like, they just started seeing each other. They're not really dating, even. What is Karen doing to get all this? I, well, uh, I just think he's overly involved. I have a lot of problems with it. <laughs> but anyway, he's he's very involved in everything. He's every, every single moment of it, it's annoying to me. But Lucas comes up and says goodbye. He shakes Andy's hand. He takes off. And Karen's like, listen, Andy, let's we got to level out here. I like you. But seeing you sitting there with Lucas and talking, it seemed normal and like friends. And I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, look at us. And she takes Andy and they turn around and look in the mirror. And she says, does this picture look right to you? And I think the implication is like their ages are so off that it looks weird. And like, do you think that's true? They don't look 
off. They look totally normal to me. Yeah. Like, Karen I, this doesn't is, look old. Karen does not look old. She's like in her mid 30s. And he is at, at youngest, his late 20s, I would think. I mean, we're talking maybe six, seven year age difference. Like, yeah. they, they look the same to me. Like, they absolutely look appropriate together. So I think it's kind of strange. And he's like, well, does it feel right? And then he, this is where he leans in for a kiss. A big smack. Puts his lips on hers and puts his tongue a little bit into her mouth. Just and a bit. How did that feel? That felt good. That felt really good. As long as that felt good, nothing else matters. I just, I still feel uncomfortable with this whole thing, but it's at least getting to a point where I feel like it is very mutual at this point. Karen is very interested, so it has got, it has gotten better to me. Yeah. Well, now we're also winding down at the club. Haley is getting some congratulations in order. Mm-hmm. Chris Keller comes over and says, you know what? That was a predictable, sappy ballad, but you have a good sound. And I could definitely see us doing something together. And this is interesting that he just like leads right into that. And yeah, says, and she's you know, like, "Really?" And he's like, "Well, <laughs> I never joke about music. I have some studio time coming up. Want to get in on that with me, girl?" Okay. So studio yeah, time guess... is extremely fucking expensive, but you're gonna offer it to this amateur high school girl you've only seen perform once. Okay, sure. Well, there you go. I wouldn't trust this either, Nathan. Just FYI. Um, yeah, but then she has to leave from this anyway. She can't really stick around. Why can't? Why does she have to leave? She's Alex? got an interview with Thud Magazine. Thud Magazine. Which you know we haven't heard of them in a, in a bit, but oh, that's yeah. great. But then after she leaves, I, I think one of the best lines in this whole episode. One of this is the best line in the episode. It's very good. What is he? What happens, Alex? It's Chris Keller says to Nathan, "You have any idea how many guys in the room want to nail your wife right now?" Insane. That is an insane thing to say to someone's husband. What would you do if? We were in this situation, and some man came up and said that to you about me. I would probably tell him to shut the fuck up. I think you should be flattered. <laughs> I think you should be like. I know that's not how I roll. Yeah, but guess what? Guess who gets to? Yeah, me. That's true. You know, I could say that. You could sit in the corner and jerk off while we're doing it. Yeah, Tim, come on now. <laughs> Get in line. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's insane that he says that honestly. And I also, think it's great. Nathan could easily take him, so I'm just kind of shocked that he would say that to Nathan. It's but. True. Whatever. Um, now, Mouth brings Brooke home. Okay? Mm-hmm. She's drunk. She's smashed. Absolutely hammered. And one question. I'm sorry. I just got to say this. Why are none of her girlfriends taking her home? Why- because Mouth is the nice guy. I'm just saying Payne or Brooke. I mean, I'm sorry. Payne or Haley should be taking her home. Like somebody else should be making sure she gets home. Okay. They're at the club. Whatever. They're at the club. Whatever. Um. Yeah. So Mouth takes her home. And then what? He, well, he puts her in a bed, covers her up. Mouth says goodnight. You know, she's passed out. She doesn't know what's going on. But then he says one more thing. I love you. Then he spits in her mouth. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I made that up. I'm sorry. I don't need. I don't mean to do that to every single sexual thing. I know. Every or, single well, There's thing, no sexual There's thing nothing here. sexual about this. This is actually supposed to be like a tender scene. And you're I don't mean it. to do that. I'm sorry. I'm you're sorry. perverted and sick. But Felix walks in here, okay? And is like, what are you doing here? Like, I'm just checking on her, okay? <laughs> and Mouth says, she's fine. You like her, huh? Yeah. But guys like me don't get girls like her, and guys like you don't care. Says the fucking incel. Jesus Christ, Mouth. I am sorry, but this is like Mark Schwann wrapped up in a fucking person. Like, that, if there's ever a character that is based on Mark Schwann, Mouth is that character. Yeah. Come I'm, on. Like, dude, not every, like, Brooke does not exist. Like, pretty girls do not exist just to, like, pleasure and sleep with you and be with you. Well, right. It's like, why don't... I don't understand. Like, guys, like, me don't get girls like her. It's just, like, 
calm down. I don't know. Because like... <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about this in the future because I think that Mouth absolutely does get girls like her. Absolutely. So we'll get to that in the future. But he always plays the fucking victim. Okay, yeah, I don't want to yeah. jump ahead here beyond what we're seeing. But anyway, he takes off and he's like, listen, just treat her right. That's all I ask. Just treat her right. Yeah, because Felix, you know, says he owes us an apology. He puts his little fist out, waiting for his fist bump. Yeah. Mouth leaves him hanging. Yep. Okay. And so Felix goes over to Brooke, and he, like, looks at her, and she stirs awake, and she's like, Felix, you took care of me? Yeah. Oh, yes, girl, you're a mess. Sometimes you got to break the rules. Oh, he gives her a little greasy face. Ugh. Yeah. And I think she turns over, and she just starts to sleep again. And then that's it. I mean, we go from there and we go to Karen and Deb. They're counting the money from their first night at Trick. And, you know, hey, a couple thousand more nights of this and I can retire. Nice. And this is where Karen brings up. You know, Dan came by and told me that Keith was plowing you one night. Is that that true? (laughs) And what does Deb say? After a very long hesitation and absolutely no reaction to being asked if she fucked Keith, she says, no, of course not. She wipes her sweaty brow. Yep. And Karen is not convinced. You can tell. No, but that's it. I can't wait till that comes back. I just can't. It's going to be beautiful. I want more drama like this. It is going to be amazing. I think it's great. Next, however, we see Jules. It's just Jules and Keith. It's just. Oh, I thought you were mad at me. No. no Alex no. made this most sour face I've ever seen on a person. Uh, I just don't care about these people right now. Well. I like Keith a lot. I just Something about this. Just This on. is annoying. So they're on the front porch and she goes, you know, Keith, I noticed you called me your girlfriend tonight, which didn't fucking happen, you gaslighter. But anyway, she says, if we were exclusive, like, you know, just you and me, would you be okay with that? Yeah, well, I'd be great with that. <laughs> and she goes, okay, boyfriend, all Brooks Davis style, why don't you sleep over? And then he gets his little Spider-Man jammies out of his car, <laughs> brings them up with his little toothbrush and his little duffel bag. You know what I mean? It's pretty good. Anyway. It goes from here, and this is the very, like, this is towards the end of the episode. Yeah, we only have two scenes left, two brief scenes left. We find Nathan. He's laying in bed, tossing his little basketball around, Mm -hmm. and he is just waiting for Haley to come home. He's looking at the time. Yeah. Because does anybody know what time it is? 2.38? It is 2.38. Fuck yes! I don't, I mean, Now, granted, the time is part of the storyline in this moment, so of course I'm going to look. Yeah, it's like front and center. But... I still got it. But yeah, Nathan's wondering what's happening. And then we go back to the club where Haley and Peyton, they're starting to walk out of the club. And Where the know, fuck is Karen? Peyton says, hey, like I've got I've to round up some stragglers. Yeah, why is a, sex, a 16 or 17-year-old girl doing this? Because she's an adult now. Whatever. So yeah, she's, they're going to clear up some stragglers or hang them in the back room or whatever. Yeah, there's like a little private room in this club. So they mm-hmm. go back there. And that's where that club manager is, that really skeevy piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, it's just it's just Peyton. It's okay, guys. We did a line of coke together ourselves one time. Isn't that right, Peyton? And, and then Haley is like, oh, Haley is scandalized. Yeah, yeah. But like now, somebody knows besides God and this guy that she did it, and that pre that priest, I suppose. Oh, that's true. Did a line of coke. Okay. I just like what kind of person says that? These two teenagers walk into a room. Oh, it's fine. We did a line of coke. Like that's the first thing he says out of their his mouth. Yeah. Ridiculous. And why are they here? Who what what adults are even gonna go to this club opening? That's an all ages night. The kind that are getting drugs. That from... are wanting to have sex with kids. That kind. Maybe that too, yeah. Because you know that's his end game here. Getting her hooked on drugs and having sex with her. Probably. And probably, probably. selling her on the street or something. Anyway, that's an alternative storyline. Final the, the very last part of this yeah, whole show. Final scene. Lucas 
is going home and he starts walking up his little steps and going into his house and then somebody appears behind him. It's Felix. And it's at this point I have a trivia question. My last one. Okay. What is Lucas's home number? I don't know. Alex, I don't know. Eighteen twenty nine. No. It is though. Uh. Anyway, Felix says, "You like my sister?" Lucas says, "You know I do." You know I do. Too bad. Stay away from her. Is that an order? It's a warning. And listen, it goes. It goes dark and silent, as if this is like a Shakespearean warning. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, that, my like God. That is the very end of the episode. It cuts to black. It is dark. It is scary. We are worried. Somebody's going to get fucking stabbed. That is the exact vibe it's trying to give off. So that's the episode. What did you think, Alex? What did you think of this episode? I liked it. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I don't know if I'd rewatch this one, though. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. Yeah, I get that. It's just, what is it doing for me? Nothing, I love the drama. Apparently. I love that... I love, okay. That Dan told. That Dan told yeah. Karen the stuff that he told her. I just love it. And I want to see more of it. So I think that's why I want to get, I want to get out of this episode. And I want to go to the next one because I want to see what happens from that. Yeah, I get that. I, I, I like the episode. I think it's, I think it's pretty fun. I guess you're right. Like, I mean, I think I would rewatch this, but only because of like what became before and what's coming next. Like, it's kind of like in the middle of a couple episodes I like. So I think this was a pretty fun episode. Yeah, it was fun. But I suppose you're you're right about that. Um, do you have a favorite character, a favorite actor from this episode? Favorite character? Well, let's see. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know either, to be honest. Honestly, it's hard. It's hard when everybody's together. Yeah, when there's I mean? all these like super ensemble type of episodes where there's yeah. no one with a ton of screen time or a major storyline or anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, I just like the ensemble as a whole. Yeah, I think they're pretty good as a whole. I'm trying to think, like, if there's anybody that really... Really, honestly, even the more I think about it, like, truly no one is standing out to me. Yeah. Like, at all. No. So, I guess we already talked about that one favorite line, right? Yeah. No, I just... Basically, anything that Chris Keller says, anything that Dan says, like, I'm all about just it. Just as, as obnoxious as you can get. That's pretty much what we like. I want obnoxiousness. We want obnoxious. We want rude. We want borderline abusive. Yeah. That's what we want. <laughs> That's what gets us excited on Trio. That's right. Um, well, I don't know, Alex. Is there anything else to add? You know what? I just I want to get out of here. I want to go to the next episode. I want that next episode. I want to talk about the things I want to talk about. Well, there. we are going to get there then, babe. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram. At Join Getting us. Mouthy Pod. Do everything you can to just get one Tree Hill in your life. Yes. And we love you and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And this is Alex. And this was Lena. And this was Getting Mouthy. Mm-hmm.